0: Welcome to the State Bar of Texas Podcast, your monthly source for conversations and curated content to improve your law practice. With your host, Rocky Deer.
1: Hello, and welcome to the State Bar of Texas Podcast. You know, this is Rocky Deer, your host. And when I got into Houston last night, you know, I'm, I'm here in Houston at the State Bar of Texas annual meeting for 2018. When I got in, Last night, I thought, oh, I'm going to have some time here to sit down and kind of read a book. So I kind of cozied up to my book, and then as I was reading my book, I couldn't really enjoy it because I ended up thinking about all the book ideas in my head, all the books that I'd always wished I'd written but just never got around to doing it. I'm sure you're probably the same way. You probably have a lot of stories up there that you'd love to put down onto paper and someday publish. And therein lies the problem, right? Sitting down, writing And then actually getting the word out. So maybe, just maybe, there's a way to get your books published once you have them down on paper. Who better to talk to about that than a law professor, right? They know how to write. They write books and articles all the time. So today, I brought you a law professor. We've got Matt Crockett. Matt, how are
2: you? I'm good. Thanks, Rocky. So UNT, Dallas College of Law, that's where you teach. That's right. I just finished my second year full-time over there, and uh, it's kind of my dream job, so I'm loving it, and uh, super, super happy to be able to do that. Well, congratulations. It's a, it's a great school, our newest law school in Texas. Brand new law school, by far the cheapest in the state, and that was very important to the founders, uh, give as wide of access as they possibly could. It's got a, a unique mission to... Uh, to serve all types of folks, and the style is different than any other law school that I know about, and certainly any law school that any practicing lawyer went to. The school requires multiple assessments in every class, uh, multiple quizzes, midterms, finals, assignments. It's much more like an undergrad style setup, all based on the idea that the one exam at the end of the year model is not the most effective way to learn, based on a lot of research about that. And so we're making our way through that style of teaching and learning, and it's been very interesting, very a lot of fun to be on the ground floor of that. And what do you teach? I teach contracts, and I teach the UCC topics, Article Three and Article Nine, which are bar tested, and the bar exam is a huge focus for us. And so we get as extensive a coverage on the bar topics as we can. So now were you a transactional lawyer before you became a teacher? I was. I was a finance lawyer, which meant... Uh, the area of law that I knew best was Article 9, and when I came over as an adjunct, I taught Article 9, secure transactions, and then expanded from there when I uh, started practicing full-time, or started teaching full-time. So then the litigators going to court, dire, all that, that's not your world? Not at all. Not been a part of any court proceeding, deposition, dire, nothing. Just pure transactional work. And most of the law professors at UNT have litigation backgrounds. So it's been nice to have a couple of peer transactional people come in and present that side of the story um, for students and that's certainly been my background.
1: Now, if I remember anything about my UCC and contracts classes in law school, the books were rather thick. There There was a lot of reading material to go through and it was quite expensive. So for your students, do you have a way of trying to
2: pare that down? Are you trying to make the process easier for them? What have you done? So what I've done for all of my classes, um, not necessarily to start, but by now, I've, I've written my own textbooks for for each class that I have. They're traditional style case books, they're not as heavy on cases as maybe the books that you or I used. but they match. Obviously, they match my lectures perfectly. I go right through the book and uh, I've designed the book around the course and vice versa.
1: So it's kind of customized to what you teach them.
2: Exactly. It's customized. I get to have as much fun as I want. One of the books, all the hypos are my buddies and they're real life people that my students and I was going to ask meet. how you have fun with the UCC. I mean, that
1: <laughs> I don't usually think of, you know, F-U-N and U-C-C don't necessarily <laughs> spell the same word to me.
2: So yeah, elaborate on that for us. How do you have fun with the UCC? A couple of years ago, my friend's convinced me that it would be a good idea if the three of us started a treasure hunting company one of them decided it was going to be called weird gets LLC and if you look that up on the Texas secretary of state it's a legitimate entity so you guys started this for real they, they both wanted to be able to put CEO CFO COO of a treasure hunting company on their resume and, and I knew how to pay hundred bucks or whatever it is with the SOS to form something and so and you're talking as if you had nothing to do you're like they wanted to do this <laughs> I think you're, it sounds like you're deflecting <laughs> <laughs> well, they think they've found some things, but it's three idiots who know nothing about treasure, dino bones, uh, things of that nature, looking for stuff out in the desert. Pretty fun. This sounds like the nerdy version of The Hangover. <laughs> <laughs> it's like The Hangover plus treasure hunting is kind of what the events turn into. You're gonna end up, One of you is gonna end up falling asleep on the top of a La Quinta or something. <laughs> it's like- where we're going to find you. That has already happened, my friend. We've all been friends for a long time. Uh, So anyway, the the debtor in the Article 9 hypos is always the company or one of my buddies borrowing money from their girlfriend or otherwise. And the collateral is treasure hunting. I hope their wives don't mind them
1: borrowing money from their girlfriends. That would be kind of awkward.
2: Nobody but me is married and no one has any kids. And so the tomfoolery (laughs) continues, uh, at least for the foreseeable future. I can tell you, as a guy with kids, the tomfoolery never ends.
1: (laughs) I expected you to say the
2: opposite, so I'm I'm comfortable to hear you say that. You can rest assured. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder when someone finally does have kids, if uh, the wheels will really come off then. You'll get your kids involved (laughs) in the tomfoolery. You're going to pass that on to the next generation is what's going to happen. The stuff we like tends to be stuff that I think kids would probably like, so it kind of Goonies-esque and... Um, so yeah, I think that could happen.
1: We're gonna have to make sure that your students hear this podcast because they need to hear about the shenanigans so they know their professor actually, actually is a totally wild dude outside of classrooms.
2: Well, that takes me back. I mean, they know about all this stuff. This is all the hypos and so they, you so you've used your antics as hypos in your own books. Yeah, they know these guys. They know Johnny and Lily. Those are my <laughs> two partners and weird gets and they know all this stuff. And so they know these guys. They know their background and their life story. And these are all the all the guys in the hypos. So. I tell those guys that I'm the chief marketing officer because at least 100 people a year are learning about this treasure hunting company, whether they like it or not. And I'm doing a lot more to promote it than those two guys are. And they're probably having to pay big bucks to buy those books. (laughs) (laughs) So back to the books. The books are free. Oh, Um, okay. I send out a a post, a PDF, in case they don't even want to bother getting a bound copy. But I also have copies of all my stuff on Amazon. It's five or 10 bucks, whatever it costs Amazon basically to print and send it. And so the students have their choice of whether they want a bound book through Amazon or they just want the PDF. This is like but, this is like law school for like lazy people. I should have gone. Like <laughs> I feel I feel like I was born in the wrong era. I remember being so broke by the end of law school that paying 100 or 200 bucks for a book was a big deal. It is a, yeah, it is a big deal. And so it was high on my list to make the course materials free and just say, look, I don't want you going at this without a book, which is what you might do if it costs a couple hundred bucks. Let's get the materials. They're all here for you. They're free. You have as many copies as you want. The students have really appreciated that. A lot of the feedback I get is thanks so much for doing that. It really does matter to save a couple hundred bucks once or twice. Uh, So that's really, I really enjoy that feedback, and that's a big deal.
1: So how'd you go about publishing these books then? Because obviously you need to have enough of them to be able to hand out to at least 100 students every year, right? So how do you go about the logistics of, did you get a publisher? How'd you go about it? So I didn't
2: want to get a publisher because uh, take contracts. There are 20 good contracts, textbooks on the market right now. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm brand new. I've taught it now three or four times. Uh, I'm not going to write a better textbook than what's out there. The advantage of using your own book is it maps onto your class perfectly. And so that for one person, their own book, I think can be a real valuable tool. So at first I've, I was just Googling around, looking, you know, self-publishing, how do you get how do you get printed books, and I came across some outfits that will print hardback books for you, and I was doing that, but I had to front all the cost, which I didn't like, because students then, even if it's 20 bucks, don't want to pay the 20, and so they just won't get one, and then I'm taking the hit. And then, ultimately, I came across Amazon, and I'm not trying to promote that, their platform, it's called CreateSpace, but you just put a PDF on there with a cover, and they do the rest, and it gets an ISBN number and is officially oh, wow. published, and... Now, if you put my name in as on Amazon, then my series of books will come up, and it's super easy. I just send the students a link at the beginning of the semester in addition to the PDF and say, look, if you want a, a printed book, you can get it for five ten bucks on Amazon, just like you'd buy anything else from Amazon.
1: So this is not limited just to educational textbooks. You can make any book and effectively print it on Amazon and publish it?
2: That's it. So there's a big wave. Uh, there's a guy, I don't remember his name, that was speaking at South by Southwest not long ago who was— giving advice as to how to build a network, how to self-publish through Amazon or or Kindle for um, purely uh, non-printed books, e-books. And so this is really gaining popularity in the real world. The law is always a little bit behind. Big surprise. Yeah. But he had a little different style. I mean, he's trying to make money doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to develop subject matter expertise by going through the process of writing the book and then provide something that's valuable, either students or clients. So I've written something. I, I still practice law and I've written something on the Texas Finance Code, a treatise. And that's been a real, it's also self-published on Amazon, but it's been a great thing to have to send to clients. How they, does it help with the clients? I mean, what, what happens there? So, walk us through that? for example, part of what I discussed in the book was how to form a, a lending entity. Okay. And a prospective client will call up and say, what's the process? And I walk them through it and then I send them the book so they've kind of got a record of what we discussed and it's all right there for them. Or an existing client will call and say, what's the law on this? And- if I don't remember from having done the work, I know exactly where to look. And so it really is uh, valuable for my relationship with the clients. It's, I've always got the answer on that subject matter.
1: So does it help you become a better lawyer, or is it helping you promote
2: what you do by saying, hey, look, I'm a published author? How is that relationship playing out? It's a great question. It certainly helps you become a better lawyer. The process of doing the work is what helps you become a better lawyer. That's, I was giving a speech here today on self-publishing, and, and the gist of it was putting the material together is where you get the real benefit taking a subject matter apart and putting it back together and teaching it in a way that makes sense. That's, you learn and then you have that. As far as making money, I don't know much about that at this point. I haven't promoted the book. I don't really care to as long as it's helping me with the relationship with the clients. I'm happy I did it. And uh, that's about it. Do you know any other, any
1: other lawyers that are doing the same thing or are you the only one in your world that's using this strategy?
2: No, you bet. Other people are doing it. In fact, I, when I popped open the welcome packet from the bar conference today... A self-published book came out of that packet. I don't remember the guy's name, but it looks like he he put that book in every packet of every lawyer who came here today. It was something on disability insurance. Sure. So I mean, it's people are doing it, and it's just an easier, frictionless process than working with a traditional publisher. Or maybe you write something that's unique enough, esoteric enough, like a finance code treatise mm. that publishers just aren't going to going to say I'm not going to sell enough of this. Right. You know, have at it, do what you want. So other people have written in this area, and they tend to self-publish too, and. Using the Amazon feature is probably just the easiest way to do it.
1: So Matt, are you open to to people contacting you if they've got questions or if they want to know more about
2: how to self-publish and and the process of writing a book? Are you okay with them reaching out to you? Of course, happy to visit with them about anything I know. And I did go through a little bit of a, a windy road in terms of publishing the books and funding the cost up front before I got used to the Amazon portal, which has really been a lot easier for me. So if anyone has a similar thing they're looking at doing, I'd be happy to have them contact me. You can find me online, Matt Crockett, UNT Dallas College of Law, or at Hush Blackwell, my firm. Uh, Those will be the first hits you get if you look for that information. and Call me at either number. It's Matt Crockett, all one word, Matt Crockett at UNT Law. All right, so email's probably the best way to get me, Matt Crockett at hushblackwell.com. That's my firm email, easy way to get me, or just the old Google search. Uh, You'll land on me every time in Dallas.
1: And that's Crockett like Davy Crockett.
2: Crockett like Davy Crockett, two Ts, and uh, you can't miss it.
1: Well, that is fascinating. I certainly never knew about this, how easy it was to self-publish. I've learned something new here today. And I hope you've learned something as well when you're listening to this. You know, this has been just another fascinating edition of the State Bar of Texas podcast. And, you know, we're very lucky to be here at the annual meeting here in Houston because we're meeting all kinds of amazing people like Matt. So, Matt, thank you for being here. Thanks, Rocky. Appreciate it. Good seeing you. If you liked what you heard today, remember... You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Please find us there, rate us, subscribe. You can also find us on Google Play or on your favorite podcast app. Do check us out on legaltalknetwork.com. You can find out more about our production and learn a lot more over there. You know, this annual meeting has been a great ride so far. We appreciate you joining us because remember, life's a journey, folks. Thanks for tuning in.
0: If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit legaltalknetwork.com. Go to texasbar.com slash podcasts. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Find both the State Bar of Texas and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, the State Bar of Texas, Legal Talk Network, or or their respective officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.